This is a download from the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. To find out more, visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com. Hello listeners and welcome to our first newscast of 2008. As I'm sure you are all aware, the first quarter of the new year has led to some major announcements and changes in relation to clinical audit in the UK. And this newscast reviews events from January to March. As always, my co-director at the Clinical Audit Support Centre, Tracy Rudvan, is here with me to look at what has been happening, and we are recording this newscast on the 4th of April in order to make it as timely as possible. Those of you who are listening to our newscasts on a regular basis will be aware that we usually take events in chronological order, but this broadcast will take a slightly different approach. In a way, it's hard to know where to kick things off. We have so much to talk about today. There are the new arrangements for the National Clinical Audit Programme and the formation of the Healthcare Quality Improvement Partnership. We need to discuss the new National Clinical Audit Advisory Group and the new National Clinical Audit Forum. In addition, we are aware of a number of forthcoming local audit events and since we last recorded a newscast, there has been the National Audit Conference in London run by Healthcare Events. So with perhaps more audit news than ever before for us to get our teeth into, let's get underway. So Tracy, any thoughts on where to begin? How about before we look at all the recent developments, why don't I remind some of our listeners out there why all of these changes are taking place? I think that sounds like a really marvellous idea. Okay, casting my mind back. I think the impetus for all of the changes we're going to talk about today really started with the publication of the Chief Medical Officer's Report in 2006. That was entitled Good Doctors Safe for Patients. This essentially gave detailed proposals to strengthen the system to assure and improve the performance of doctors and to protect the safety of patients and the report reviewed clinical audit activity in the UK. I think that from a personal perspective, Good Doctors Save for Patients is arguably the most influential document relating to clinical audit published in the last five years. And the CMO certainly didn't mince his words, concluding that clinical audit is falling short of its potential and suggesting that both local and national audit needs to be reinvigorated. Looking at the CMO's report in a bit more detail, his comments around the national audit programme were pretty scathing. And although he acknowledged that they do develop useful national data sets, he stated that the term national audit is a misnomer, as few national audits follow the formal audit cycle. In other words, what he was saying was what most of us who work in audit have known for a long time, in that a lot of national audits aren't really audits at all. Added to his comments in relation to national audits, the CMO included recommendations in his report relating to the reinvigoration of clinical audit, and this included his view that a wide and inclusive national clinical audit advisory group should be formed, and this was to drive the further development of local and the national audit programme. So we can see that the publication of Good Doctors Safer Patients two years ago set us forward on a path towards making serious changes in relation to clinical audit delivery in the UK. And this has culminated with the decision to move the National Audit Programme away from the Healthcare Commission and the setting up of the new National Audit Group this spring. Thanks Tracy, I don't think I could have done a better job myself in terms of recapping what's been happening. So let's look at what's been happening recently, starting with the National Clinical Audit and Patient Outcomes Programme, or NCPOP for short. 
Well, as you will be aware from our previous podcast, the Enkapop was put out to tender last year, and this led to a wide range of organisations bidding to win the contract. We understand a great deal of activity took place in the latter months of 2007 in relation to the tender process, and this culminated with the announcement from the Department of Health on the 31st of January 2008 that a consortium comprising the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, the Royal College of Nursing and the Long-Term Conditions Alliance had won the contract. Incidentally, if you would like to read the full Department of Health briefing in relation to this, it is available in full on the Clinical Audit Support Centre website. The consortium will be known as the Healthcare Quality Improvement Partnership and the NHS Medical Director, Sir Bruce Keogh, broadly welcomed their formation, saying I think HQIP is an appropriate step forwards. The consortium will understand both the clinical context and implications of the audits, thereby maximising the opportunity for real improvement. HQIP will take on the ENCAPOP and work in tandem with the new National Clinical Audit Advisory Group to improve and extend the existing National Audit Programme. We understand that HQIP is currently a company limited by guarantee and has recently applied for charity status. HQIP will now run the ENCAPOP for the next three years with an option thereafter of continuing this work for a further two. I know Tracy's been following the formation of HQIP with interest. So Tracy, is there anything you'd like to add on this? I'm generally very positive about um, HQIP coming online and looking after the National Audit Programme. Certainly the links with the Royal Colleges and the Academies should help promote audit activity to healthcare professionals and really get them engaged in the process. I think the new consortium looks like a step in the right direction. I think I'd agree with you, but one small thing I'm not sure about is the name they've chosen. For example, if you put the acronym HQIP into Google, it leads you to a US-based quality assurance provider called the Hospital Quality Improvement Project. Added to that, those of us working in clinical audit will be familiar with Healthcare Quality Quest, who also support audit work, so perhaps a different name would have been more appropriate. Actually, as we record the podcast today, we're sat looking at the new HQIP website, which incidentally you can access via www.hqip.org.uk. Tracy, have you got any thoughts on it? Well, at the moment it looks a bit sparse. There's not a lot of information on there yet for us, but I guess it takes time to build things up, so we'll have to wait and see. I think you're right. To be fair to HQIP, it is going to take a little while for them to get up and running. To be honest though, one thing I'm slightly disappointed about is if you look at the Healthcare Commission website, there is actually no link to HQIP at the moment. In fact, there's no information telling you about the new arrangements for National Clinical Audit. Hopefully this will be addressed soon. Okay, I think we've talked enough about the National Audit Programme, so let's turn our attention to the new National Clinical Audit Advisory Group, or NCAG for short. As mentioned, NCAG will drive the reinvigoration of clinical audit both nationally and locally and will also act as a steering group to the NCAPOP. They will also advise on clinical audit issues as requested by the Department of Health. Again, as previously reported in our newscasts, the Appointments Commission have been looking after the arrangements for NCAG and we understand that this led to over 160 applications being received for various posts on offer. The main news relating to NCAG was announced to coincide with the new arrangements for national audits, this being that Professor Nick Black has been appointed as chair of the group. I don't know Nick, but welcome a new face to lead clinical audits in the UK. I know Tracy's been trying to find out a bit more about Nick, so Tracy, what can you tell us? 
Um, I haven't met Nick Black, but he was at a meeting that I attended in April 07. From the information I've managed to find out, um, Nick is Professor of Health Services Research at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. He's got a lot of research interests and these include the use of clinical databases, patient reported outcomes and audit in surgery and critical care. Uh, in addition to this, he co-edits the Journal of Health Services Research and Policy and this very much reflects his interests in the use of research in management and policy making. Overall though, I think I'm very pleased. Nick Black, he's certainly a big name, he's got a good track record and he seems very approachable. Certainly he's agreed to speak at the next Audit 2020 conference, it's in September, and I'm impressed that he wants to do 20 minutes presenting and then spend longer taking questions from the audience. I think he's certainly going to be a busy man and it's going to take him a while to get a feel for the audit landscape, but he seems genuinely keen to attend events in order to raise his profile and link in with those delivering audit on the ground, and that's got to be the right way to start out. Thanks Tracy, I'm sure we'll get to know a lot more about Nick over the coming months. In terms of other information relating to NCAG, we don't know who the members of the group are yet, although we understand that appointments have been made. So we would expect announcements very soon, as the group was due to become operational on the 1st of April and it's now the 4th. One slight concern regarding NCAG is that we have seen further adverts going out relating to the need for three more members, specifically relating to nursing, social care and the voluntary healthcare sector. With interviews not taking place until mid-May for these posts, we hope that this doesn't delay the work of the group. And interestingly, if you look back to the briefing sent out by the Clinical Governance Support Team in September, it stated that the aim was to have the full committee established early in 2008. Added to that, I'm very surprised that there were no suitable candidates to represent nursing, as nurses have often been the drivers for audit in my experience. I'm not sure that we need a national group that is so diverse. To me, we need audit expertise on the group, plus a range of clinical staff represented. It's a slight concern that the audit community may be underrepresented on the group, which would be a shame and a mistake in my mind. Moving on, a quick word about the new National Clinical Audit Forum that I know a lot of audit professionals are excited about, as this will be a group with open membership that you will all be able to join. There hasn't been a huge amount of discussion in relation to how the forum will operate, but from a presentation that Michael Wright gave at the first Audit 2020 event in November, it appears that the forum will be able to feed their views on audit up via NCAG. In addition, the forum will help define priorities for the National Audit Programme and also contribute to the development of specific audit tools and techniques. I'm afraid that's all we know at the moment, so watch this space for more news. So rounding off this section on NCAG and the National Audit Forum, any more thoughts from you, Tracy? Overall then, it's a positive start. We've got an appropriate chairman. There is a slight concern that the NCAG group may take a little longer than envisaged to set up. Um, one comment though worth considering is how the National Clinical Audit Advisory Group and the National Audit and Governance Group will coexist. I guess there is a danger that there may be confusion here. Certainly someone who's new to audit may not find it easy to know what the roles and purposes of these two groups are. I think Tracy you're right and as a previous member of NAG I think it's important that we know how NCAG and NAG are going to coexist. 
Okay, I think we've covered all of the major developments. So what other news do we have? Well, we are aware of a number of local audit events that will be taking place. These are being funded by the Department of Health and we understand that representatives from HQIP and NCAG will be present to talk about the new arrangements. The events we are aware of are taking place in Plymouth on the 14th of May, Taunton on the 15th of May and Newcastle on the 25th of June. Unfortunately, we do not have any further details, but if you are situated in areas close to where these events are taking place, local arrangements should be in place to help you access these meetings. In other national news, it's sad to see the demise of the Clinical Governance Support Team who finally shut their doors on the 31st of March 2008. It's really sad to see them go. They've produced some excellent pieces of work over the nearly 10 years that they've been in existence. The CGST website is still operational, so you can access information and materials, but we would suggest to you that you really try and get on and download information from the site, because I guess it will stop eventually. Okay, to complete the national news, just a bit of feedback in relation to the Healthcare Events Annual Audit Conference, which took place in London in February. As always, this was very well attended and it was nice to meet up with other audit professionals working in the field. There was a poster exhibition available on the day, um, although I have to say I'm not quite sure that all of the posters did relate directly to clinical audit. But there were some excellent presentations and as usual this was a useful event to attend. To complete the newscast, we'd just like to update you with some of the work that the Clinical Audit Support Centre have been undertaking recently. Let's start with an update in relation to the new version of Principles for Best Practice. It's certainly a relief that the new national arrangements have been finalised as this will now help us take the book forward. We'd like to say a big thank you to all of you who submitted case studies for the book although overall 75% of case studies didn't include a re-audit phase. Approximately half the chapters of the book have now been written and we will be working on this further during the spring of 2008. We're also delighted this spring to be able to announce the return of Clinical Audit 2020. The date for your diary, if you haven't got it already, is the 24th of September and the conference will be held once again at the National Space Centre in Leicester. In terms of the programme, as we've already mentioned, Professor Nick Black will be coming along and speaking. Also, we'll have Martin Ferris, who many of you know, talking about National Audit and Governance Group and the future of clinical audit. You'll also, if you came along last year, you'll also see Andy Cope again, and we've given him a much longer 90-minute slot this time for you all. There's also going to be some nice interesting presentations from organisations like the National Blood Service and also GAIN from Northern Ireland and I think they'll be very interesting to hear about their work. Please get in touch with us and contact us at info at clinicalauditsupport.com if you'd like a booking form. On a final note, we're excited to announce our new Train the Trainer in Clinical Audit course. As far as we know, this is the first accredited course of its type and it will provide delegates all they need to know in terms of teaching clinical audit to healthcare professionals. If you want more information on this, please contact us. Okay, I think time is up and myself and Tracy are utterly exhausted after giving you such a long update in relation to everything that's been happening between January and March 2008. 
So on behalf of myself and Tracy, it's goodbye for now. We look forward to the next newscast, which will be available for you all at the start of July. This broadcast was recorded on the 4th of April and is copyright of the Clinical Audit Support Centre. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the express written consent of the CASC team.